Lord, we are so thankful on this day for you. Lord, as we reflect on Revelation, we know that Revelation, you are our revelation. As we peer into your word, we know that you are the word. In Christ, I pray, by your word, your powerful word, that you promise will not return void, that you tell us is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. We trust that your word will speak. We trust that you are the better word, and we anxiously and eagerly await what you would have for us today. I pray, Lord, that you would just be a filter over this time, that you would speak, and that you would move. In your name we pray. Amen. I forgot to dismiss the children for Children's Church. Kids, you are dismissed at this time for Children's Church. You may make your way through the double doors out there to Children's Church. We promise to care for you, have fun, enjoy. And as the kids are dismissed, a couple things I just wanted to highlight real quickly um, with you. Uh, one, uh, we have an evening service next week. We saw that in the announcements. We're really excited about that. Um, we are going to be, it's an it's a evening service at 6 o'clock. This is especially, um, if, if, if maybe you cannot watch in the, or come in the mornings it's, and, you, and you like the evening service, that's a great alternative that we do once a month. We're also going to have like a family meal beforehand, so you can come, we can eat together, and then it's, it's an extended time of worship and prayer and a devotion uh, from one of our elders, Brian Mott, will be bringing the word next week. I'm super excited about it. So I just encourage you, whether you come on Sunday morning or you can't come Sunday morning, it should be a great time of worship together as we begin uh, the year um, with our first Sunday of the year. Also, uh, just a reminder, we, we have been in the holiday season and our groups have taken a break. We are starting our groups back up in January uh, 16th. Uh, we'll have lots of sign-ups in different ways. If you're not in a group, this is a great chance to hop in a group or join a group or continue with your group, and so just be keeping your eyes out for that. And if you would like to lead a group, maybe God's really put it on your heart to lead a group, please talk to Pastor Doug. He is our group leader. Um, in particular, we are really praying that the Lord would raise up some men to lead a group on Wednesday nights and another couple's group or a mixed group. It doesn't have to be a couple. Um, on Wednesday nights as well. So if you could just pray about that and think about how you are gonna do that uh, as you think about 2022. With all that said, let's get into uh, this word today. We are looking at the book of Revelation. We are in our full story series. Today is the last sermon of the year. We did it! We are here. Hey, Colton, if you can get me my sermon notes, that'd be great. I don't have any. I'm flying blind, but this is okay. But we are here. We are, we, we, today is the last Sunday of our, this is our 52nd week making our way through, um, through the full story. And, the, and uh, Glenn was asking me, Logan, today are you, are are you going to share with the church your interpretation of Revelation? No. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Revelation is about Jesus. 
The first verse says it's about the revelation of Christ. And I wanted to finish this year with this truth. We know that Christ will return. That is very clear in Revelation. And I, and I know that we should study the book of Revelation. But I wanted to end where the book ends. I wanted to end in God's word by reading these final words of scripture together. And I think they are very relevant and very true for you and I. So we're gonna be looking at the final word from God. I was looking back at um, the sermon that I gave last year on this Sunday as we were preparing for the full story. We looked at Psalm chapter one, which talked about um, being a people that delight in the word of God. And we were challenging everybody in the church to be reading through the full story together. And the premise was this, it said, I said this, joining the full story will bring delight and significance that your soul longs for. And I think I felt that this year. There's been some challenges, there's been some difficult texts and some dry moments, in particular in the book of Leviticus and maybe the book of Judges and other places, some of these prophets, but yet God's word has been so good and rich. I feel like I have grown so much in understanding his word and uh, growing in my convictions of the power and authority of God's word. And so as we've made it through this, we've been looking at all the different ways in the story that the full story builds, and today is the final word from the word himself. We remember from John 1 that Jesus is the word. And so here as we look at this, we can see that as we, as we think about what is the final words from Christ, from God to us as we finish up the full story. And the first point here is that we must understand that it's from Jesus. Look at verse 16. Jesus says this, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star, starts off by reminding us that Christ is the Christ. That the one who was prophesied all the way from Genesis chapter three, where we had the fall and the Lord made this promise that a seed would come. The serpent would bruise, the seed of the serpent would bruise the heel, but he would crush the serpent. The promise to Moses and the burning bush from Christ himself, that he is the I am, the gracious and compassionate God. The promise of the law and the Torah. The promise to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and we would be blessed and be a blessing and that Christ would be that blessing. The promise of the prophets that foretold of the coming one the one who would make all things right, the promise of Christmas, the promise of the incarnation. All of these themes, and Christ says, I am the bright morning star. I am the son of David that was promised that we talked about in Easter, do you remember? He's telling us these truths. And so Christ is making it very clear to the church that, that this is from him and there's power and there's authority. And in this, the first exhortation to us is this, come and drink 
the word. Come and drink the word. Verse 17 says this, the spirit and the bride, the bride is a metaphor for the church. So the spirit and the church say come. Let the one who hears say come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. As we think about God's word, we see from Christ himself an invitation to continue to come and drink the word. This is a theme throughout. It's a theme that we got in the Psalms. It's a, it's a theme from Christ himself in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, when he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, this Sunday in the year is oftentimes a really hard Sunday. The day after Christmas is kind of a downer, all right? We look at our credit card statements, we think about all the food that we ate, all the sugar intake. Maybe we're a little tired. Maybe whatever that may be, or maybe we're really missing some really important people in our lives. This time from here till the new year and into the new year tends to be one of the most difficult times for our society. And in this time, Seems to me Christ is telling you and telling me, come and drink. Notice he, he, he's not just saying come, he's also saying that there's a drinking, a partaking. Next week we get to have communion where we are reminded of that and have this taste. But this time of the year is not just a difficult time and a weary time, it's also a time of thinking about the next year it's a time of thinking about resolutions or things, that, adjustments you'd like to make in your life. And I would encourage you as you think about that to think about these words from Christ, to come and drink the word. And in that invitation, when he invites us in, it's to come as we are. It's to come with all the weary, all the burdens and to give them to him. Why? Because he's gentle lowly. I'm reminded of Christ our Lord, his interactions with a woman at the well as he was here on earth. Do you remember this story? It was a woman who was in a really dark place, Samaritan woman that many, many had kind of rejected. Had been with many different men, many different marriages. So that the Lord met her in the afternoon, which was a weird time to come to the well, which meant she was probably trying to be away from people. And Jesus met her at a well, and he told her this. He said, come. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. He's talking about a well. But he says, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is the water that Christ is referring to. If you've been following in the theme of scripture, water is a very important theme. 
We start in a garden and there's water there. We end in a garden in the previous chapter. There's actually in chapter 22, we didn't get to read that, but there's a garden in the city in the new Jerusalem, the place that God is preparing for his people, and he's saying, come and drink of the water. Why do we use baptism as our sign of what God has done? Water is incredibly significant in the life of God's people. Why? Because it cleanses, it refreshes, it brings hope. So as you think about this, an exhortation from Christ to come and drink. Second, don't mess with the word. Come and drink the word, but don't mess with the word. We live in a time when there are a lot of voices telling us what is true and what is not true, telling us what we should take in here and what we shouldn't take in here, maybe even ripping out some pieces that we don't like. Look at what Christ says as he's talking to the church. Yes, we must come and drink, but second, he says here, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone, anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. You wanna go back and read those plagues. They're not good plagues. I don't think there are any good plagues, but these ones are especially not nice. It says, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. There's this exhortation not to add or take away. Don't add more to this. There are other cults, other religions that will say, yeah, we believe this to be true, but we also believe these other books to also be uh, equivalent. And here in God's word, we know, no, like, like this is our, our, our source of truth from God. And not to add to it, not to mess with it, but also don't take away from it. Don't ignore the hard things. And it seems to me this reminds me of, 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 as we look at this, as I think about this year, we've worked through some very difficult texts, talked through some really hard things. But it seems to me as we've learned them and as we've once again continued to find Christ, to find the good news in all of it, I'm reminded of Psalm 119 about God's word where it, it's not a source of frustration, it's not a source of pain. On the contrary, it says, oh, how I love your law in Psalm 119. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. That's a fancy word for your ways. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your Rules, for you have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. This is what happens when you come and drink of the word. Don't drift from the word. It becomes something that is a source of sweetness. I've experienced that this year. I pray you have experienced that and you long for more of that. 
The truth is, I looked back at the sermon from last year, it said this about knowing the story, about coming to the story is, we can know the full story, but we can't help but stray from it into the way of sin. We need God's word, we need the faith community to continue to keep us in the ways from being distracted from the world and our own flesh and the evil one. And so we we must come to the word. We must guard ourselves, and I don't say that individually, I say that as a church. And third, we must testify of the word. You ever heard of the word testify? Clementine has. This is called sharing your story. This is called sharing the story. It is about sharing about how, how the Lord has worked and moved in your life and how you are a part of the full story. When we read this, this isn't just an ancient book. It's a, it's, it's a story about humanity's love story with God. And we are in the story. We participate in the story. That's why we take communion. We, we participate into it. And so we have the covenant of baptism. We are grafted in. That's why when we do baptisms, we tell our story, I once was this, but now I'm this. Testify of the word. Jesus says this. He says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with all, amen. So as we think about these words, these final words from Christ, it seems to me that it's a reminder to you and I, especially as you think about 2022, to come, to drink, to guard yourselves, to testify. To join Daniel when he was sharing of God's word, he said this in Daniel chapter four, verse two, he said, it is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the most high God has performed for me. May we be a people that join in the telling of God's story. So as we think about this, the question For us, I think, there's three questions I'd like you to consider as you think about 2022, the questions that I'm considering as I think about this next year. One, how can I come and drink? I'd like you to write something down there. Perhaps this relates to your daily walk with the Lord. Perhaps this relates to to your being a part of a faith community. If you're in Chowchilla, I would encourage you to be a part of a weekly faith community where you are regularly being reminded because hear this, the story of scripture is always to a community. It's never to people by themselves. We need each other. We must do this. Perhaps starting a reading plan together. Whatever that may be, I would encourage you to pray and think about that. Second, how can I guard from drift? Our inclination, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave. 
how as I think about 2022, knowing that my own flesh, the world itself, the evil one, I have these three forces working at me that are wanting me to wander from the, the story that God has for me, but I have one who holds me. But we can wander. How can we be intentional in 2022 to guard ourselves from wandering from the focus that God would have for you? And third, how can I share the amen? How can I share the amen? I particularly wanted to say the word amen. By the way, we need to say amen in church a lot more. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That really gets me going. If you ever want to get me going, you start saying amen and talking back to me, and man. Amen is a word that means this is true. It's like when you hear something and it gets deep inside you and you know it's true and you know it's important and you want other people to know that you know it's important, you just yell out amen. And we need to think about sharing this truth, this amen, this I agree. It's not just something we tack at the end of a prayer. It's something we live in. It's something we, we, we live out where we just say amen, this is true. This is true, this is true. Sometimes we need to share the amen in times. But perhaps the question you have as you wonder, well, what is the amen? What's the story? What is the story? I know we've talked about that, but what, what, what part do I have to play in the story? As I think about Logan, what does it mean to share the amen? Does that mean that I just start reading Bible verses to people? Do I just start walking around just saying amen to everybody I know? Here's this. As you think about this, as we church continue to say we are a people that come and drink, we are a people that guard against drift, we are a people that share the amen, hear this church, Jesus is God's amen. Jesus is God's amen. Tells us this in scripture, I'm not just making this up. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen for his glory. In other words, as we've done for 52 weeks here at Cornerstone, and as I hope we will do until the day we die, we're always looking for the amen. In every word, every iota of scripture, we are looking for Christ. We are looking for the Savior. We are looking for the King. We are looking for the gospel, the good news of grace. And we're remembering as we share the story, as we share the amen, I'm not the amen. We are not the hero in our story. Christ is, but we can be the ones who take refuge in him. I love this about the story. I love this about times when we, start, when we, we wanna make it all about our goals and our plans. And the story is about Jesus. We are in the story. But in the story, I am not the rescuer. 
I am not the amen. I am the one who cries for the amen. I have and I will. And as you think about this, as you think about your story, I pray that Jesus would be your amen. But also hear this, especially for those that feel really worn down, really tired. I woke up this morning, I did not wanna preach a sermon today, I'm gonna be honest. But as I started listening to the worship team practice, hearing everybody praying, I was just reminded of this truth. We all as Christians should feel a little homesick because the story is a story of a homesick people. You see, it starts in the Garden of Eden, and that's home. And then there's a fall. And there's a thing called sin. And sin has made us homesick. And the whole story is a story of the amen bringing us home. Hear this. I've been to some of your homes. Some of you have wonderful homes. Those are not your home. We are not home. Church, friend, God is bringing us home. God is bringing us home. This is the story of scripture. Of a lost soul who has wandered, of a prodigal son who has left home, and of a father who has pursued and went after and sent his own son to rescue us. This past week, Brown and I were reminiscing uh, on our Christmas last year. We had COVID last year, so we were by ourselves. It was the worst Christmas of our life, probably. But we rallied and we made it really fun. Thought we would never have a bad Christmas like that again. And then this last week, I think it was, was it Wednesday? Wednesday. We got home, we were out looking at Christmas lights. And we got home and our dog was gone. Her name is May, little golden doodle. She is a part of our family. Five-year-old, wonderful dog. One who, whenever someone's sick, she sleeps with them, she cares for them. Incredibly, incredible good dog. And we went out looking for her. It was late at night. And I texted some friends, and Brianna posted it, and before we knew it, it felt like all of Chowchilla was looking for our dog. And that night we looked, and we looked, and we drove. I even drove in the, down the slough, which apparently was kind of dangerous. <laughs> and we couldn't find her. I remember going to sleep that night, and there was like this hole of like, what if she's gone? Couldn't sleep, and I remember waking up in the morning and went out to look for her, couldn't find her. And just thinking, like, she's out there. There's coyotes, maybe someone took her. 
I didn't realize I could love a pet that much. I've never, I've never felt that way about an animal. Then Brown got a text that morning that said, I saw a dog in a field over by the freeway. We drove there and we were looking, yelling her name, and all of a sudden I saw her stand up. I ran to her. saw her and she was trembling, she was, she was dirty. And I could tell she, she was so lost. And at that moment, I had all the right to, to yell at her. I had all the right to say, how dare you leave my house? What were you thinking? I didn't feel any of that. I just felt like I need to pick her up and I need to bring her home. I picked her up and I brought her home. Here's a picture here. And this is the story of Scripture. It's of a father bringing home, we're not dogs in the, in the story, his children. You can take the picture off. But I want you to hear this. This is the story of the Bible. It's of a prodigal child, and we do not deserve to be rescued. It's our sin, prone to wander, Lord. I feel it. Yet God has come, and he's got and pursued his children. And perhaps you've been wandering. Perhaps you've been shivering in the cold. Perhaps you've, you've, you've wandered away. I want you to hear this. Your father's he, there. He's calling you home. The story ends in a garden. I want you to hear these words. I want to read the, final, uh, the first four verses of 21 of this garden, this garden scene. If you could, would you just close your eyes? And just vision with John, this vision. It's a vision that he has for all who would call upon the name of the Lord, who all would say, Lord, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you've come, you've died for my sins, you are the rescuer, you are the hero, I believe. Would you be my Lord and my Savior? Would you bring, be the one who brings me home? It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her child. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Hear this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This is the, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen? Church, we are still in the already, not yet. We are between. Yet, 
we find our home in Christ. There's this beautiful taste of when we say his kingdom come, his will be done, we know that someday we will be totally, fully glorified in home, in glory, with Christ. But we also know he is here with us. We also know that he is Emmanuel, God, with us. And I pray this December 26th that you would find your home in him. In a few moments, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna sing a wonderful hymn. It's a hymn that says, he will hold me fast. It is a hymn about the power of the rescuer. It's not a hymn about us, it's about our rescuer. A hymn that God's people sing to their Lord. And as Amador leads us in this hymn, I just wanna encourage you to sing it out. To sing it out as the one who the Father has pursued, who has brought home, and that you would sit in the center of that truth. Lord, I pray, God, that this moment would be once again a moment of a true moment, an amen moment, God, where we together, we recognize God. This is not just playing church. This isn't just some religion. We believe this to be true. We have put our faith in you, and you are the rescuer. You are the savior. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the one who died on a cross, who took my place, who shed your perfect righteous blood for the redemption of our sin. You are the one who rescues us. So Lord, I pray in this moment, as we sing this song, as we reflect on this year, as we look back on a year and we look ahead towards what you would have for us, I pray, Lord, that we would just have that posture being held in the arms of the Father. I pray, Lord, that we would know that your arms are arms that are gentle, are arms that are gracious, are arms that are true, are arms that are holy, are arms that are strong, our arms that your word says will never leave us, and never forsake us. So we trust that and we trust in you. We give our lives to you and we look forward to what you have for us in the future. In your name we pray, amen.